Really? Okay. Oh, is it from the races that you were in? Yeah, that Spartan race, dude. Oh, okay. I got wrecked. You like, look like you're oh, pulling Oh, up. yeah, look at that. My knees are just chopped up. Great. Yeah. yeah. I paid a whole bunch of money to hurt myself. That's so dumb. That's a, Why do you do stuff? Because they gave me something shiny at the end. Really? Yeah. I mean, why else do you do things? Dude, well, I look, okay, you went out and ran to get something shiny. I laid on the couch, dug in it, and found something shiny. And then took those quarters to eventually go to Taco Bell. <sighs> I'm just saying, like, same thing, just different, you know. Yeah, I, I guess. Same but different, man. <laughs> Welcome to the Couch Trolls Podcast with your hosts, Dave and Das Bruce. How you doing, man? Dude, we're back. I know, right? It's only been three weeks, but it feels like forever. It's been delayed. Like, we had a small hiccup there. Like, you had just... You say small hiccup. It's really just life. Life happened You're really life. hard I was for ready. Weeks. I was on standby. I was ready to pull the trigger. I almost replaced you. I was going to call up Canada or Brian and just replace you. Well, being single... You're always on standby. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty much true. Well, was this was this wife related then that you couldn't get to the podcast? You know, it'd be great if it was, but I can't just blame her. It's family related, so I mean, you could technically you know, partially birthdays, throw her under the bus. A lot of it was just me. I, the I, wife births the kids. The kids caused part uh, of the delay with the. You know, it's just you got to backtrack it far enough, and then you can declare it that way. <laughs> I guess that's her fault then. It's your fault, wife. Yeah, if why, you're listening, why'd you birth kids? How dare you? Pumping out children in the world. <laughs> but other hand, I mean, I may have delayed a few things to play a whole lot of Spider-Man. Yeah. Dude, Spider-Man's amazing. Yeah. I told you. I, I told you. I haven't you. touched it yet. I, I know. It's it's been out for you should be ashamed it's been of yourself out for like for two, not three weeks, it. and I have not touched it yet. Spider-Man is the best superhero video game, I think, right now. I've seen a lot of good reviews and everything. Um I, I have not gotten hands on the. I'll probably actually. You got it here. I'll probably throw it in for a few minutes. At least I want to do some web slinging. I'll do some web slinging after it, and we we'll give you a big Spider Man episode. Yeah, we'll have to come back to the superhero stuff. I, we have to because when I played this game, I mean, just to give the real basic of what I thought of the game. Not only did I I played it through one hundred percent, but it feels almost identical to the TV show, the animated series from the nineties. Oh, 90s. really? It has that really great Spider Man vibe of. How he's supposed to act? He's like how, post how high school. How old is he in this? So he's post high okay, school. Okay, so he's so. post high school, like start of college and everything. Yep. Where okay. he's actually like he works with Doc Ock as like he. Well, that's he how it was in the out. show. He, yeah, he's like that's an understudy for him. Series. And it's just you can get the animated costume. Nice. So, I mean, you can play right into that, and it's just his quips aren't over where over like whelming. Where there are games where it's like quip, 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 like all the time. Well, where I think. It's a little annoying. I think the quippage came more from like the Amazing Spider-Man movie area and everything, because I feel like Andrew Garfield had like quip quip hard. He did, but I th- feel like even like the GameCube games, like kind of going back into like the game part of it. Soon as like audio really got a little more popular in games, we had CD quality audio back then. And everything it, that was a huge thing to ha- have like quality voice lines. You know, you weren't doing like sixteen bit like digitized like. Yeah, you can actually understand what you're saying. Yeah. But I don't know, just playing through the game, the the web sling, I didn't fast travel at all the whole game. Playing an open world where you can get around the city in a reasonable amount of time while enjoying. How do you fast travel? You just take the subway? Yeah. Oh, and you literally take the subway. Oh, really? And what it does is, as you saw on our Facebook page, there are pictures of Spider-Man sitting on a subway on his phone playing Candy Crush. Oh, I thought that was just... 
I thought that was something you were joking around about. That's oh, no. actually in the game. And th- that's legitimately oh. in the game. And what they do is they show all these like different scenes every time you, every time you do fast travel, it shows kind of like a something different that he's doing. Like later, and like in the how game. like Grand Theft Auto uh, Five, when you jump into the players in the storyline, they're always doing something different. Uh, a little bit, yeah. Nice. I mean, this wasn't as makes as it makes crazy, it feel but... more like a livable world. Well, yeah. I mean. But it, it's when you just switch cool. to Trevor in Grand Theft Auto and he's like throwing up in a fountain naked and, and you're like, oh, that's great. <laughs> awesome. Glad I switched to this guy. And I don't know, just every part of that game, it just felt like it fit. When I think back to like the, the Arkham games, I love the Arkham games. I love Batman. I was tempted to jump back into that again because I've actually never, I got through most of the first game, didn't really play the second game too much. And then I own the third game and the third game is amazing. I like plugged it in, put it on my system and it's like, I did you, you like really five should. minutes. I really think that the third one though is kind of the encompassing one. Just to really compare to like what the Arkham games was, I felt never felt like as Batman, you never, Batman never sits down and brawls with like 30 dudes. And I felt like in the Arkham games, you, it was like a kind of a frequent way of combat. But in Spider-Man, how he fights through the whole game is just like the source material. He's always webbing people in different ways. How you kind of jump in and out of combat using your webs to kind of the mobility of Spider-Man. Like I said, the 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 combat in that was what had me really concerning just because it seemed like unless you had really fantastic set pieces to fight in. Well, that's what's cool about it is the random crimes and things. The city is your set piece and how you how are mobile around the city is kind of up to you. Which is kind of building off like the, all the prior games, but how it does it is just much smoother, and it's hard to explain without actually playing it. But you can web people to anything, which is huge. You can like pick people up using your web and like pound them and throw them back down. You can swing them around. You can take guns out of people's hands, and all of it. It, it just feels great. No, I'll, I'll have to jump on there and everything. I've just been mostly sticking to like I had like five or ten minutes here and there. I had some, over three weeks. You only like five or ten minutes here or there. Seriously, no. I've had a bunch of like weird film stuff come up and all that. So I've just been working on side commercials and just stuff. Just a minute. You've been playing Death by Daylight. Well, all okay. the time. No, no, no. All if, the time. If, if I, I give I've a twenty you. minute block, I'll do uh, Dead by Daylight, which turns into two hours, which is a lot of fun. No, that's that's usually my. <laughs> I have I have an hour to kill while I'm waiting for laundry or something. So yes, I have been doing that, but I've been doing um. The small, it was like, I think it was like a mobile game that got kind of put on console and it feels so much better on console. What console are you playing it on? Uh, PS4. Okay. It's uh, Downwell. Okay. What kind of game is that? I've never heard of it. It is like, if you were to vertic- vertically do like almost an infinite runner, but then add like a Tony Hawk scoring system for your falling. So what it is, is like you jump. Is this a ragdoll game? No. Oh. No, this is this is like a it's got like that uh, Atari 8-bit style okay. graphics. So it's like you jump down and it's like when you land on someone, it refills your guns. You shoot guns to kill things while you're falling. But when you run out of gun or uh when you shoot your gun, it stalls you out in the air, so you can kind of like slow your fall progress. But as soon as you land on something, it ruins your combo. So the idea is like it started out as like I was doing it just simple survival. Like I didn't understand how to play the game. I'm like, shoot, work my way down to the end of the level. It starts at the ne- top of the next one. Rinse, repeat. And I'm like, this is kind of easy. And then I found out that you combo stuff. And as you combo stuff, you get better. Uh, you get extra health back, which because there's no health in the game like at all. Or you get extra 
uh, points to spend on upgrades at the little shops that randomly appear. Now, is it always the same level? No, it's... Because I know when you say infinite runner, I always think of you're always going through the same exact level. It's procedurally generated for the most part, but the general traps and enemies stay specific to that style of level. So, like, level two is, like, you go into, like, this hellscape where there's, like, spikes and stuff that pop up. So it's, like, you can learn the terrain and how the kind of environment acts and what to kind of expect out of that environment. But the, and the enemies stay same in those environments, but it does change up. So it's this whole, like trying to calculate out timing with your drops and bouncing stuff. And the better you combo, the better you do. So it gets like really addicting when you're like, Oh, I got this like 10, 10 kill combo going and you're trying to go for like a 20 kill. And it's, it's weird. Cause you can pick it up and play it for five minutes and put it down. What's it called again? Uh, it's called Downwell. I'll have to check that out. It's that pretty cool. Interesting. So it's really a, a skill-based game? It's super skilled, but it seems like if you picked it up and just played it and just been like, okay, well, this doesn't seem that hard. But then once you've... The combo and you trying to challenge yourself is really where the game shines. Hmm, that does sound like a mobile game. It, that, I'm really pretty just feels... sure it is. Like From from <laughs> the looks of it, it looks like it was a mobile game that was part. It was done by uh, Devolver Digital, so you know how much oh, I love okay, those okay, yeah, you're, you're a big fan of the Devolver stuff. Yeah. As, I mean, speaking of like mobile-type games, I actually did get into an Infinite Runner game. Really? I've been what playing one? Sackboy Run, or it's Run, Sackboy Run. Wait, is that Sackboy from... Uh... Little Big Planet. Yeah. So they came out with an Infinite Runner. It's free to download, and all it is is you play a Sackboy and you run infinite, go through an infinite level and just collect stickers and it's i put it on my vita okay and it's again it's like one of those things where i only have like five minutes and i have my do you vita really, do you really count it as a mobile game if it's on a vita i do because i count i count mobile and like handheld games almost separate like even though like you know it was interchangeable like downwell could be you know it's yeah. a mobile game but on console console kind of takes in a whole different direction like i mean I know, but like an infinite runner though, those those are specifically built to be mobile games. Yeah. Because like when I'm at work on my lunch and I only have like a really short period of time, I can play a five minute round of that game. Because and I you know, I'm accumulating stickers or whatever as I play it more and more. But stickers it, are like achievements for the PSP, right? No, stickers and and that particular game and stickers in Little Big Planet in general has always been just a collectible. Didn't we you have a sticker system too? I don't for their achievements. I thought no, they did. And every game kind of Nintendo always had like their own like trophy system in per game and not as an overall trophy like system. And achievement system. But outside of that, I've been playing another game. What have you been playing? On um, Boyna's Blob. Oh, Boyna's Blob is good. Wait, what are you playing that on? On Vita. Oh. Yeah, it was See, uh, cross I platform. That, I played that first on um Wii. Yep, and like, so did I. I mean that's that was uh, such a good but it's yeah, crazy. we had that when we lived together because I would do because uh, you play the story and then I would do all the challenge maps and everything. We just swap off and on. Yeah, and it, it's funny. It's such a well like organized game. Did you ever play the original one on original Nintendo? No, and it was funny because I remember when I first bought it for us to play, I had no idea there was one before. I was really? like, really? Hey. I was like, hey, this is a puzzle game, and it's like five dollars puzzle Let's... platformer. <laughs> and I was like, hey, why not? And I mean, today. We well, might as well, dude. We're talking about way forward today, anyways. I'm down. I mean, I'm totally down. I, I'm for sure that. There, there are so many other things that we could be talking about, but way forward is something that I think we're both really passionate about, way, and we have a whole episode. Way forward is like one of those weird independent companies that you know about, kind of just like lurk in the background, does some phenomenal things, but never really sticks out. Like you never hear like, you know, you don't hear about them like the same way you hear about Activision or EA or you know, 
They're they're in that realm with Devolver, I would say. Yeah, they they are, but I feel like they're almost like lower because Devolver's really try to make a name for themselves. Way forward, still to this day, they just kind of sit in the background, and what they do is. I mean, they started... Well, they do a lot of licenses. I think Devolver is more, uh, let's go and let's find a bunch of small independent games and then figure out how to put those out to the public. Yeah. We're like, they were like, not to say that Devolver is not a video game company, but like, they when did uh, when did Way Forward start? Way Forward started in 1990, but they started making video games in 1997. Okay. So it's like they, they existed and I know that they were like getting licenses and stuff because that's kind of how yeah, game they, companies <laughs> used to stay afloat is they'd be like, we make video games. Other people can't do that because that was before the whole indie craze. They're like, let us make a game for you. Let us have your license. And I mean, they did, they did let, some good licenses. Dude, over let, let's be fair. Before we start giving them too much praise, this is also a company that they started like a lot of companies had to start. They took whatever license they could get. Yeah. I mean, they, they did things like Mickey's Ultimate Challenge, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, the Casper game, Wendy, Every Which Way. I mean, like, Thor, Dark look, World. Look, I mean, they, Casper they, and Wendy <laughs> go hand in hand. So if you're gonna get one of those licenses, you're bound to get the other. Okay. <laughs> I mean, the X Men aren't like Academy. You know, like dude, X Men. Wait, you know, what? Yeah, they they did the port of the fighting game to the DS. Really? And so they were that company that just they X-Men they were Academy the one that wasn't too bad. They just threw as much stuff out. And if you look at like the record of games they have, they have stuff almost every single year releasing. Because this is one of those companies that spends nine months developing a game. And they move on. But what they finally did in 2002, they were like, hey, let's actually release our own game. They oh, that came- was when they did what was their first one. It was uh, Ashanti. Ashanti for uh, Game Boy Color. And that was, yeah, that was where, that's super rare, actually, collectible wise. Oh, I, I bet it is, especially now that they've made three of them. And they just recently remade the original one. You could get it on PlayStation for like four or five bucks. And that's actually when I was introduced to it. That on, that's on handheld too, didn't they do like a 3D? Oh, oh yeah, they've, uh, Nintendo they've 3DS released or all of them on the 3DS, and I think there's even one on Game Boy Advance. But nice. Shantae has kind of just been one of those games that they've kind of used. They basically they'll make five other games, and then they'll be like, "Hey, let's do one of our games," and then they'll do five more really terrible like licenses. I don't know. And then they, sneak another one. Hey, of theirs I wouldn't out. necessarily call their licenses terrible. I remember um, one girlfriend that I had actually had a DS and. You know me, I'm not a handheld guy, but I would take that thing in the bathroom and I would just occupy time because, you know, <laughs> this was before I had a smartphone because, you know, I didn't, smartphones were expensive. I got smartphone way late in life. I'm still totally against electronics in the bathroom. Really? I'm gonna say Dude, I will. Germaphobe all day. Well, here's the thing. Okay. There, there's, there's basic standard rules for that because when you and I lived together, I would keep, oh, I know. I would keep the uh, Game Boy Advance in the bathroom with Tetris or uh, or what was it? it? Was Donkey Kong on Game Boy was actually really good too because that was a whole separate game that was not an arcade thing. Anywho, <laughs> but the rule is is play, you know, while things are going on, whatever. You're good. You're occupied. Put the controller down. Wash your hands. Flush. Do all your business. And then after you wash your hands, wipe everything down. Then shut off the system. There is an etiquette to it. Okay, it's kind of like operating a bidet. It's it's classy. There is a form to it. And you have to respect the process. Or you can be mean, be fearful of what where those germs are. Well, think about it. Just if like you're you, thinking you... about that, then other people are thinking about that. If you're being courteous, it's okay. And besides, whenever we did bathroom cleanings, I'd always clean that thing too. You have like, oh, I'm going to throw my graphic novel next to the shit paper. And I'm, eh, I don't know. You don't like reading in there either, no, do you? No, I don't. 
I no. I just why do I want things I own to smell like the bathroom? They don't smell like the bathroom if you keep and clean the bathroom. It's all about being hygienic, man. <laughs> well, especially once you if and when you have kids, that that Nintendo's likely to get pissed okay, on well, that's, or it's gonna get dropped in the kids, toilet. Okay, I'm talking about adults here, okay. I mean man children. Yeah, well, yeah, because I'm playing games in the bathroom. But to get back to way forward. Anywho, back to way forward. No, uh, so uh, the girlfriend at the time had a DS and everything, and I remember that I got to, I clocked a lot of hours on that DS because of, uh, I think it was Contra 4. Uh, yep, Which was super good, yeah. Yeah, I actually, I recently got that at Disc Traders. Yeah. It was one of those games I'm like, I'd never even the, heard of it. The grappling hook going from the top screen to the bottom screen was a really cool thing. And I also got Alien Infestation. Oh, how is that? That's got to play close to the same, right? It, it is. Okay. And it, what's kind of cool same about it is just think? because it's weird because it, there have just been so many hard, terrible alien games. It's like, why did it take so long to get one that actually felt right? Was it actually good? Yeah. It, I remember Alien 3 on Genesis, and that is just impossibly between hard. Between that and Alien vs. Predator. Those are the, like the two I like distinctively remember because they were which, so hard. Which Alien vs. Predator? Because there was... Sega. The, no, 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 which one? No, what? No, it was the suit, the one I bought and gave to you, the Super Nintendo one. Oh, that one, yeah, yeah that, that one was good. super hard too. That, yeah, that was uh, that's uh, single player side scroll and beat 'em up. How hard is even like the modern games? Like the only one that I really like, I think, is for the PlayStation three and four. Oh, that one, yeah, because they did, because that was the one where they, that was weird though. They tried to do story, really hardcore on those, and the gameplay didn't quite feel right. The online multiplayer ones for because there was AVP one, AVP two, yep. and then there was let's just call the PS three three sixty one Alien vs Predator. Oh Cause yeah, because it's like because that's the one that you had. Yep, and it's like you had to do the tutorial levels and it didn't really yeah, feel no, right. And, and I feel like it's just like because the Predator movie just came out, the newest movie. Oh yeah, that's right. It's weird. Have as you seen much that yet? As, no, I love Aliens and I love Predator movies. And I'm like, I was terrified to see that movie. I'm like, you know, Shane Black has this like real sketchy. Ever since I've seen Iron Man three, I don't well, know some. All Shane Black movies are the same. Me and uh, me and my old roommate Sam have decided. Yeah. Check this out. It has to have a uh, torture sequence. Uh, it has to be. It has to take place on in L. A. And you have to have a highway chase sequence. Those are like the three things. Like, because it's always Christmas time, man. I don't know why, but uh, what was the uh, Robert Downey Jr. Val Kilmer movie. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yep. Uh Iron Man 3. Uh Lethal Weapon 2. Like they're all the same, like it, which is thing. fine. It's but weird. When I think of him, I just don't really think of the Predator as, as something that would really work. And someone actually told me that he's in the original Predator movie. I yeah, I think so. <laughs> which is kind of, you know, it's like one of those ironic things, but I just don't trust him. And I'm like, and it kind of goes right back to the games. I'm like, I have a feeling that people just haven't figured out the right way to identify how how the world is supposed to work for well, both of those IPs. Well, the problem is like you know the world and it's too busy of them being like, hey, remember this and trying to stick too close to lore. I feel like that's why Colonial Marines didn't work out because yeah. it didn't create the environment. They were too busy like, hey, remember this or here's a reference to this and they didn't really lock in the gameplay because be honestly, fair, the mechanics suck too. Well, that's what I'm saying. The mechanics, <laughs> the gameplay didn't work. Had you gone and done Left 4 Dead with Colonial Marines, that's all you had to do. To be honest, you know, there's been a couple like Left 4 Dead type games, but no one has really made it as good as Left 4 Dead. And it still makes me wonder why. Like, it, it seems like such a basic concept, Valve, but Valve, Valve just knows how to it. lock their stuff in, man. I mean, I, that's why Valve doesn't really put stuff out till they test it. It was, well, I remember there was a huge controversy when Left 4 Dead 2 came out. 
because people freaked out about that. They're like, it's coming out a year after. How dare you rush a game this quick? I was one of the few people who was actually excited about it because the, <laughs> the, the first game, my only complaint I had about the first game was like, there's not enough levels and the melee sucks. And they're like, second game, you get a machete. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm good. I, nice. I want the game now. I, the one thing I wanted was new levels and I wanted weapons. Speak, speaking of game improvements, uh, another way forward thing that they took and did was Double Dragon Neon. Oh, I, I forgot loved. they did that. Yeah, everyone oh, always forgets man. about that. Do that game? It's they, super eighties. <laughs> no, because the controls are chunky, like the old uh, Double Dragon games. Controls are really bad, really chunky. But it's a, it's a weird thing where once you understand the controls and like this is the playstyle for the game, it is its own separate, unique thing, and it plays so much better. But the controls are so hard to get a hold of at first. Because there's that delay on the run yep. where there's a button decade run. When you hit it, it's wait for a second, stall, You, you think they did running. that on purpose? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it, it's, it's kind of like the uh, Castlevania design with the yep. whip and the original Castlevania. Everyone, it, everyone thought that it was weird. Like, or newer people, you take them back and you throw them back to that. They're like, why does it take a second when I push the whip? They're like, this system is old and doesn't work. And it's not that. It's a matter of forcing the player to be decisive with your movement. So like when you push whip... It cocks back. There's a half second forward. Same with committing to your jumps, which also is in that double dragon game. It where is, it's yep. like, because I think to jump, like, to like knee someone, you have to like crouch roll and then jump and then hit attack. It's very specific button inputs. And it's like, if you don't land everything just right, it's really, really re- unrelenting. To, to be honest, I didn't like the mechanics at all for it, but. The bro, the broification oh, of that game is so me, strong. That I going, love it. Where uh, when you want to share health between people, you Got run it. up and high five each other. <laughs> I mean, and then the music, and it's just all, all the, all the, the second level music is phenomenal. Like it is extreme eighties. Oh, when you die too. Yep. Instead of just letting you die, they have that revive system where you run over to them, and then to get them up, it's a cassette tape, and then you just see a pencil to get shoved into it. And, and they you're going to mash the button to rewind the cassette tape to get them back up. And, you know, things... It lo- screamed 80s, man. But it was just... It gave it an identity that beat-em-ups need. Because a beat-em-up... There's so many beat-em-ups that you have to have something that makes it stand out from the rest. Yeah. And that particular game, they knew what they were making. They wanted to make an older-style beat-em-up yeah. with an identity. And they definitely and, nailed it. And I feel like that's what I like about this company so much is... I, I almost feel like it's a bunch of old guys making these games that just remind them of the older games. Well, I feel like it's them getting licenses and being like, hey, what's an old style game that we like, but how do you do it better? But it still caters to that world. Like that Contra 4 is phenomenal. Like that is probably one of my favorite Does it make it better than the older Contra games? Yeah, it feels feels the way that the Contras should play. Like it's on par. I would say Contra 4, as far as like all the handheld stuff goes, I'm not a big handheld guy. I know you're not. I hold Contra 4 in as much fun gameplay mechanic graphics wise as uh, Contra 3 Alien Wars on Super Nintendo. I forgot about that one. As well as uh, Hard Corpse on yep. Genesis. And that's what the one that, see, I, I have very limited Contra experience, but I, Hard Corpse, that's, it really felt just as good as that one. Yeah. And I, I don't know. And then when you think about Way Forward, I even think of some of the licenses where they've just hit the licenses perfect. Like, we really liked Double Batman. Dragon. 
Dude, Batman, I'm bold, I'm brave and bold. Oh yeah, that I was mean, a that was a Wii title too, I mean, wasn't it? Just like what I was talking about with Spider Man, how they really understood the identity of who Spider Man was in the world of Spider Man. Brave and the Bold, I mean, that just really nailed well, exactly like, what that was supposed to be. It kind of gave you like I know I'm not a big one for story in games because you know yeah. I want action adventure and stuff, but the Brave and the Bold series was done in such a fun way because it was really kind of. Can't, uh, encompassing the idea of the old Batman TV series, which yeah. I grew up with. That well, was 66, right? Uh, yeah, I want to say so. Uh, Adam West, yeah, Burt the Adam Ward, West Batman. Yes. Adam but, West I mean, and Burt Ward. Now the quips and the jokes and the and the well, Wii they're game so are fantastic. Bad. They're so punny. <laughs> and then on top of that, the Brave and the Bold was pretty much the animated version of the Adam West television series it was and there is no other adam west video game as far as i know i don't think did they ever make them no i don't think they ever did and, i mean that one that was it well, i mean the, it had it even had the powers and stuff in it well uh brave and bold well i mean it just lends itself to video games so well and i think that's why it did well as an animated series too because the brave and bold animated series was was voiced by daedric bader the guy who was in drew carey show as oh, well as yep. it's the guy for, that everyone knows from office space hey peter turn to channel three there's boobs. That dude. <laughs> nice. And he's awesome. But he does a really good Batman voice. And the cool thing about the Brave and the Bold um, TV series, because I actually started watching the Brave and Bold series after we played that game. Oh, really? Yeah, because it was, you know, I'm oh. like, oh, this is like that. I'm like, well, maybe the TV shows kind of like the old Batman thing or like the old, you know, Adam West shows. And it totally was. It had, you know, the boom, pop, pow, all the like classic stuff. I should, I should stuff. watch that. The nice thing is, is the way that they do story is every episode is really cool and unique because they bring in an obscure character. So it's Batman. And then in this episode featuring Blue Beetle or Booster Gold Booster. Yeah. Booster Gold was great. It's like, really? You're doing he, he, a Booster Gold to, episode? To be honest, he's also gotten a lot more spotlight in more recent comic books. Booster Gold. Oh, yeah. He's, I love Booster Gold. He's so dumb. It's great. <laughs> but. I don't know, just everything about it's like that game. like Star Lord and Tony Stark just blended together. But when you think of the combat of that game, it still wasn't that special. It was pretty, no, pretty it was, standard. It was standard beat em up, but it felt vision. good. It had a good vision to it. It felt good. Uh, they did a very, it was a very clean animation style too, because that's the thing yeah. about Boy and His Blob. Yep. The, uh, very similar. What year did like, Boy and His Blob come 2009. out? 2009. 2009, yes, because that's the third one in the series, but it's got the. What do you mean, third one? Uh, Boy and His Blob was originally on NES. Okay, and that's one I knew of. Second one, uh, it was like Return to Blobonia. Oh, really? Was a Game Boy only game. The sequel, really? the sequel for the original Boy and His Blob, was on. We need to find the original that. Game Boy. Ned has it from the show. Ned, it? I remember because we were over at his house and like we were gonna play it, but we we're like, well, let's try to play it together because the game is not great. So the way that we the way that we did it was. First of all, you got to pull up like a Wikipedia page explaining what all the different beans do. Because <laughs> instead of showing you what like what it does on the Wii one, yeah, it just gives you a letter. So you're like, oh, what is? Oh, this one's root beer. What is root beer? I think root beer is like a ladder. Well, what's this one? It's a trampoline. You know. Again, that kind of goes back to the is. the basics of older video games. Is they didn't really tell you anything. Well, you, had, you, you would read the instruction manual. They would give you that because since you couldn't show it you had to explain it in the instructions. So, yep. and a lot of these older games you don't get instructions for. Plus, trying to play it on like a handheld with that little tiny LCD, it's not even LCD screen. No. It's just that <laughs> black green, and white. it's not even black and white, it's green and black <laughs> pixels for the original 
Game Boy. So what we would do is we we actually took that game and we throw it in a Super Game Boy and put it up on a TV oh, really? screen. So that way we could at least be like, oh, do this. Or like you're trying to look around the level and distinguish stuff. But yeah, that's the second game. So this is technically the third in the series, the one that Way Forward did. But they absolutely nail it. And it's and so I will good. say, even to this day, like when I think of like my Wii collection, Boy and His Blob is still a top five game. I mean, And it, why is it top five? I know why. There's one button that everybody loves in that game. If you have a dedicated hug button, you just deserve to be amazing. It's so adorable. Hugging your blob. It's not only is it a great, it's, I guess it is still kind of a kid's game. Like a kid could play it. The it's, puzzles are, I would say it's more of a teen game. It, it's pretty for kids to watch. It's challenging enough for adults to play, but you could definitely put this in the hands of like, uh, like 10 year old. I would really? say 10, 10 to 12. I would say more, more like, junior high high school level i must have been smarter than you at 12 then <laughs> no no it's genius i'm a genius like kanye but, no i want you finish I, but born is blob it's the greatest game ever yeah and i no seriously it's really good though no and i've i've shown my kids actually born is blob and they watched me play and they immediately like they like how it looks and my daughter she could probably play it it you know the style too with how clean the animation is it also has a very never-ending story vibe to it, where uh, it's well, no, because I mean, no you dead horses. Be, I'm sorry. It's they, well, the blob the, can't the drown, tone, and it's depression. The tone is slightly dark. You got to admit, some of those creatures are kind of creepy looking. I guess because his, his death things. Well, uh, technically, the kid dies. Like, he passes he, he, out. Yeah. Oh yeah, he, you don't he you don't die. Out. That's you don't right. die in a Nintendo <laughs> game. You're just, I'm air quoting here, defeated. He, you fall 100 feet, you just break your legs and fall over and hit it your head. It doesn't make it's like okay. a leg snapping noise. It's just you hear him like softly like faint over. Do we need to make a mature version of this game and just add sound effects? No, it's good. It, part of the wonderfulness of it is how wholesome it is. Because it is rated E. You know? it, it is. It's it's a very E rated puzzle game that it's good for kids. I also and like the fact that they kind of, uh, there's a whole like your selection wheel of how you do stuff. It shows you what abilities the blob does. Shows you your arc pattern for throwing the beans. It was really just, it felt like a remake of the first game, but in the best possible way. You know what's even better? What? Vita version, because it's mobile. And again, it kind of falls. That would play good mobile. It does, because every level is like five five to ten minutes long. And it, again, and it saves every level. So it's yep. frequent saving, plus it's easy to play. And puzzle games are There's always kind of... checkpoints kinda, on that too, isn't there? Where like um, if you get the treasure chest... No, as far as I know, the the checkpoints are per level. Like, if you start over, but it keeps the treasure chest that you get at the level, so you don't have to when you start a level have to get. I don't all the same treasure chest. I don't if think I remember that's correctly. true on the Vita one, but maybe the the Wii one. I think so the Wii I'm one not sure. That. I guess I haven't really died in a level and then just shut it off in the middle of a level. So I, I guess I don't. I just don't recall. I'm pretty sure, like if you, well, if you at least complete the level, I know whatever chest you got, then you and it tells you what you're missing from each level. Yep. So that way, when you go back, if you're like, oh, I missed something, when you go back to it, you're not like, oh, I got to check the whole entire level. You just go, okay, I got the one that was in this area. I got the one that was in this area. It was it was definitely easy to manage your objectives. Yep. But and it also doesn't tell you really anything. I wonder how it sold though, because I was, I was first of all, I was shocked when it came out. On it was PlayStation like one 4. guy programming it too, if I remember correctly. There's like a dev diary on there. Is there? It's ridiculous. Yeah, I watched like a bunch of videos. I think it's got on on the disc. I think it has a dev diary. 
But why haven't they made another though. one is what I'm I'm actually a little shocked like about. One dude in Japan in his like tiny apartment by himself doing all the animation and but stuff. But with it being by Way Forward and where Way Forward is with how they pump out games every year, it just seems like it would lend itself to making another sequel to that game because now you have the Switch out. So why that that again well, with it being think, a mobile style it, game, let's it get it on Switch. Majestico or whatever. Yeah. They probably had the rights and I think they went belly up. Yeah, it's probably in some kind of development hell as far as who owns the rights because it seems like a lot of those games that start at NES and kind of works them way through time, they they always get caught up somewhere. Yeah, those are such. But I mean, games, and then look at Way Forward now; they're still making more recent games that our viewers are are much more familiar with, like, like Ducktales what? Remastered. You oh, know, they, oh, that was them, yeah, wasn't it? You know, that came out in what 2013. That was so good, though. And, I mean, it felt great, and I never played the original one. So really? for me, it was like, oh, I always wanted... I played, like, DuckTales, or not DuckTales, uh, Tailspin. Okay. And I played a few of the other ones that were kind of in the same Don't realm. Don't you own was, the Saturday Morning Collection? I do now, but and it was only because of a couple of the games I had already played. But it just... No, DuckTales was a solid game, man. It was, and you know what? I did let my kids play that, and it's just like when I was a kid playing games, It, but it was a much cleaner... Easier Plus they had for them voice work on there too, which was super cool. And those bosses are still hard. Yeah, they those are. were no joke. Because I I tried to beat through it without dying. But it, isn't there like a trophy for beating it without dying? Probably. I think I got most of the uh, most of the achievements because I had it on. I want to say, was it 360? I I think you had the 360 one. I had the, the PS3, PS3 one. Yeah, I think I picked up a copy for each. And then the uh, they did a really cool thing for the because um, I guess Disney does these pins that are like really sacred to like. Disney fans and collectors, there's this weird like subculture of like pin collectors. Really? Yeah. Oh, dude, it's huge. I, I, well, I believe that Disney fans have. Oh no, there, there's items, this thing but... where it's like people like wear pins, and like if they go to the park, like I was told, like if you see someone with a pin and you ask, I guess they're called cast members, not employees. Uh, okay, dude, there's this whole like <laughs> uh, I've never been to Disneyland, so or Disney I, World or. You're gonna be. You have I'm kids. Sure, I, You're I'm gonna sure end up I'll there. End up there somehow. When you do, when you do afterwards, I'm gonna be searching for pins. I'm like the first boy in his blob pin. <laughs> oh, if there was no, but there was a. There's uh, no boy in his blob. That's not Disney. Know. But there was a Ducktales pin that came with the. I want to say Wii U version. Oh really? So there's got to be like a no, what? weird. No, no, I'm thinking about it. There was a pre-order for. There a was pin. a pre-order for a pin. So like <laughs> I know that like there's this weird thing, but I guess apparently if you go to Disney Park and you got pins. They do like a pin trade system where like if you see an employee, you're like, I want to trade you for that pin. They have to trade or something. It's I just like thought about it. I have rule. like three of those pins. Do you? I have the Kingdom Hearts ones. Oh. Each of the, King the Kingdom Hearts 1.5 and 2.5, they came with these obnoxious pins. That would make sense then. So and you know about Disney. the... Okay, see, there's this yeah. weird subculture, man. I never even thought about that. Yeah. You got to get crazy. that DuckTales pin, dude. And then another game that kind of came out around the same time. Remember, did you play that Blood Rain Betrayal? That was on, the uh, side-scrolling 2D one, right? Yeah, it felt a lot like was Castlevania. Jessica too, actually. Was it? Yeah, because they did the uh, they did the so they're developed, 3D ones developed by WayForward, but published by Majestico. Then, well, yeah, that's probably what it would be then. Because At the time, I'm guessing WayForward does a lot of 2D stuff. I noticed 2D or yeah, 2.5D, almost all well, all of it. Uh, but the Blood Rain games were really good because they were graphic, kind of had a cool storyline, was popular around the Blade era. Super bloody. Yeah. I loved it. <laughs> I, I like the fact that uh, the second one you got the grappling hook. Yep. And you could just like kick people and ragdoll bodies into like fire pits and stuff. But that was cool. But yeah, the 2D one came out. I remember playing that. What was it called? It was Blood Rain Betrayal. Betrayal, yes. And around the same time that that came out, the 360 started doing 
a bunch of indie games is when they started opening up to that. Yeah, it was, and the it was dishwasher our, it, had come out at the time. Oh, that's right. And the dishwasher was that stick figure game, right? It was like dishwasher samurai killer. It was kind of, uh, it was it was weird, kind of flat two D animation. It looked a lot like those old Zao Zao commercials yep. or Zao Zao animations, which was those stick fighter animations. So it was really clean. And I feel like Dishwasher played better than Blood Rain. So I, I spent more time on Blood Wa- or uh, Dishwasher. And see, with Blood Rain, I, I actually remember I was I never really liked any of the other Blood Rain games, but they offered a free demo. How did was, you not like the other ones? I, I don't know. It's just the same goes for the, um, the Legacy of Kane games. I never gotten any of those either. Those do kind of fall in the same category of like weird gothic. They, they do, but... The 2D one kind of attracted me in because it was at the time where Xbox 360 started really pushing the free demo stuff. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'll try it. And I loved the first hour of it. But what happened is the the difficulty scale just went through the roof yeah. after like the first hour of the game. Uh, and it was I almost felt like I got tricked into buying it because it's like a completely different game. You go from like being super aggressive, like Castlevania style, where you're just running through rooms, like hitting candles and just kind of cruising through. And then suddenly all the enemies are just super hard to fight. And it's like... That- did that have a weird thing with lighting too, where light would damage you and everything? I don't remember. Because it's that, been a long time since I played that game. That'd be kind of interesting if they did a newer two D one with how you can do dynamic lighting in games. You know, and with it's the way almost that the too bad. Work nowadays. We never even got around to playing their newest game, which was the Mummy D Master. I'm actually looking to get that man because that looks good. I've I've actually watched some gameplay of that. Yeah. So. I think that before you get a chance to play that, though, because I'll probably buy that. You really should play it. But before you play that, you have to go. You've played Symphony of the Night. Yep. You need to play Metroid 3 on Super Nintendo. We got to get Metroid you that. Metroid 3? Yes. Why Super three? Metroid. Oh, Super Metroid. Why? Metroid just, 3 just, is Super just Metroid. Oh, Super Metroid. Sorry. Well, pardon me, man. Using correct names and stuff. <laughs> no, we need to get you to play Super Metroid first because I think it's it's going to be on par with. You, you really think so? I feel uh, like that would make like the trilogy, the Triforce, the threesome right there. Cause I also Symphony heard that the, the Return phenomenal. of Samus is supposed to be really good for 3DS. That, the newest Metroid game that came out. It's, it's oh, that 2D Metroid game. Uh, Yeah, so that that was a remake of the Game Boy. Because that was weird. Like a lot of games, because Boynus Blob got his second game on the Game Boy. Metroid 2 was exclusively to the Game Boy, and I played that too. That was pretty good. Yeah, I only played Metroid Fusion. That's the only one I ever got around to playing. I had a Game Boy Advance, so it, it kind of just lends, lends itself to me Yeah, by fine. having that yeah, system. Yeah, I, I didn't get a Game Boy Advance till way late, until we lived together. But no, I'll, I'll eventually get the Super Metroid. It, it's like one of those games that everyone always talks about, like, yo, you, ha- you have to play that game. It's like one of the top games of all time. And it's, for some reason... I'm not a huge per- I'm not huge into space to begin with, and I think that's the first obstacle. Is Says the man who owns every dead space. That's horror, man. That's it's different, dude. Metroid <laughs> does the same thing, and I feel like that's the- and the mummy. The mummy's horror too, man. So we should definitely jump on that. The thing that intrigues me about the the mummy demastered is you got to respect way forward for the fact of you know how that came about, right? No, because Tom Cruise, right? Because it was based off the new. Tom Cruise. The dark universe. Yeah, okay. You want to explain that? 
So, oh, and there isn't a whole For lot the of explaining to do anymore, but they Universal had their Universal monsters. Classic Monsters. Why are you telling me to explain Sorry, that and then interrupting no, whatever, me and trying man. to explain it just for me? Just go. Don't ask if, you, if you're if you just going to say it. If you're not going to do it, well, I'm going to do it for shut you. You shut your mouth. <laughs> so the Dark Universe by Universal was basically, they were trying to do what the MCU has done or the DCEU have done, where they wanted to try to bunch all their monsters into one universe. And they just, were like, oh, we're going to start with the mummy. What is it? Creature of the Black Lagoon, The Mummy, Frankenstein, The Invisible Man, The Invisible Man, all those classic. And it was the Bride of Frankenstein was like the next one they were going to do, which really? was, it was, it just seemed like how they were even to already set up like Wolf five Man. productions for five movies before your first one's even out seems really bold of them to begin with. And then guess what? It sucked. The Mummy movie sucked. Did you see it? Yeah. It, it's just a dumb action flick and Tom Cruise. I've never been a fan of them, but didn't Russell Crowe make a cameo in there too? He he was the Sam Jackson of their universe. Was he, it Delorean Gray? Please tell me that was how they were using Delorean Gray, right? That was yep, the dude's name. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And it's just one of those things where they got way too ambitious, and I'm just glad to see that. Yes, we got a crappy mummy movie, but what we did get out of it is we got someone like Way Forward to say, "Hey, let's let's turn this upside down, and let's actually make it." Demastered. Well, well, with them trying to go and make a you know universe, of course they're going to go and be like, yeah, we need games, we need comics, we need everything to go and support this giant spanning franchise that we're going to try to do for the next ten years. You know this yeah. this universe. And then the thing is, is you pick someone like Tom Cruise to be in your movie, and the problem is, is Tom Cruise does not lend his likeness out to anything. He is very protective of himself as a brand, which I completely understand. But if you play like a Mission Impossible game, (laughs) well, that was all John Doe and Jane Doe that did those episodes, so that way they couldn't get sued. Um, But with that being said, he's very protective of his face, you know, the brand of Tom Cruise, which makes sense. But like you look at like a Michigan, yeah, Michigan, Mission Impossible. Apparently that's how you get the word Michigan. Uh, Mission Impossible combined together. Mission Impossible game, like, does not look anything like him. I didn't even know they made games for Mission Impossible. Oh, they did. There was like one on 64, I think. And there was like that one just on... screams like Xbox game, like the original Xbox. Yeah, it just exactly. Seemed, it just seems like that guy. It just game. seems like one of those really bad tie-ins. So he doesn't lend his likeness. So then WayForward goes, oh, we get to do a mummy game. Oh, we can't use the main character's likeness. So what do they do? They put you in the face, uh, or they put you in the suit of a faceless Marine. And you go through this Metroidvania-esque level but the cool thing about the game that really set me set like my radar on it was that when you die with your character, instead of like restarting from your previous spawn as that character, you then take over the role of a different Marine and you have to work your way back to where your body is and you don't have to fight the reanimated corpse of the previous you to get all your gear back. Really? Yes. Yeah, so I it's never, like this weird. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, it's got this whole, like, they really kind of put some time into thinking about how to do it, how to make it unique. So now you're fighting a mini boss of you every time you die. So then kind of makes you go and figure out you don't want to just keep dying. You want to stay alive. You want to keep your character in good health. Otherwise, you know, you have to fight the ultimate version of you, which I thought was really kind of cool. I don't know. I just, you have to give them credit. I know there's been a we've made out of all of our episodes, there's been a few episodes now where we've really focused in on certain developers like Nintendo or Telltale. These this is just another good example of this is one company that's taking something that anyone can do 
and they're putting their own spin on games and they're actually making a lot of these like critical hits. Well, they're really creative too. What blows my mind is how unique, how new, uniquely creative and how much effort goes into each one of their games, regardless of how many licenses there are. Like a lot of these games are licensed, but they're very distinct in their feel, distinct in their art style. They're, they're well polished, you know, like, they are. have you ever played a buggy way forward game? No, I, I have never. I, no. And it's funny because I'm actually one of the ones that buys the digital ones. I've bought in a lot of digital way forward games and you never get an I've update. never had a patch. Yep. I've never had an issue like the Shantae. I own three, all, I own three different Shantae games. Never been one no. except they came out with DLC, <laughs> a, a whole bunch of random DLC for Shantae. And I was like, no, that's cool. But, but that's just adding to the game though. That's not, with we it. broke the game here. Let us fix it. It's not, you know, call of duty five gig day one patch or, Tony Hawk, eight gig. Here's the rest of the game because you only bought the demo level when you bought the disc. You know, it just seems like they're kind of on their own like playing field. They're not. They're not even trying to compete with anybody. They're just kind of taking. Oh, but I don't. They're think taking they get what people don't want, and, and they're doing. They're making something magical out of something no one wants. Like I guarantee you that Thor game. That Thor game probably plays great. It plays okay. You it, have it? it. It's it's super mediocre. Yes, Thor: The Dark World was a that you know that's a stretch for anyone. To well, even that pick movie up. was. Exactly. Eh, at best. I mean, it was cool to see. I'm glad Christopher Eccleston got some, you know. Thor on Earth isn't going to make that. for a good game. It's just not going to happen. But I don't know. Like, overall, like, it, you really need to play the Shantae games. I know you haven't. And I just go on your PlayStation and download them. I own them. They're right. free for you to play. We'll share. We'll share play. And we we got we to gotta share some way forward. That way we can share the love with other people. It's so good. It's... Especially, like... Her games in particular, they're they're really fun. They're just platforming games, so old school platforming games. They have a really cool like art design to them, good music, and they have some incredible boss fights that I just love them. And it is it's very much it feels like an old Sega or Super Nintendo game. They really have that vibe down, but they have this cool art style to put on top of that that make, really gives it an original feel in, in a modern era of video games. I feel like a lot of the original people when the company probably formed are probably still at the company too like, <laughs> it, it does seem like it's one of those small companies that it, they actually just constantly stay together yeah where it's just like hey guys you ready to do another game cool let's do this so here's a question what do you want to see them make next think of and, and, it has wise, to, and it has to be a licensed game license wise i would actually like to see them do a star wars game Star Wars. I would like to see a 2D Star Wars Ooh, game. No, like a know, Super Star Wars like a type Super of game? Star Wars, but with the more current franchise characters. So do an episode one, two, and three, episode uh, six or I'll seven. I'll have it in seven, seven eight, 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 nine. Do seven, eight, nine, but do it in that Super Star Wars style. I, can, I feel like you know, that, that would be really good. I could see that. I mean, I have two that, I, that I've, I've been begging for anyways. I want to see Kid Chameleon. I think he's right. Oh, for, you'd like to see them pick up I, the I think chameleon he, license? Who owns the rights to that? Sega. That's Sega, right? Yep. And Vector Man. I still want to see another Vector Man game. And it just seems like, again, the way they make their games. I th think Vector Man might be a little too violently fast paced. No, I, they, I think. I feel like their games are kind of slow, not necessarily slower paced, but it's like decisive in your actions. Where Vector Man to me seems hectic, like it's run, shoot, stuff kills you. Yeah, but, which is fun, 
Well, no, because they did Contra too. No, though, so it kind of Ve- Vector Man is ripe to be kind of reinvented, and I think that's where I think they would be great for it because, because his art put style, their own spin on it. I, I think the art style can easily be manipulated. I'm not worried about that, but I think they could add something to Vector Man, especially with his transformations, because that's kind of what made him special. Oh yeah, that's right. Is he, that would he would get power ups and turn into a drill or a bomb or I think like a dolphin too at one point in time. He, he turned you're, into you're a RC train. Car. Oh and yeah, he he just. The, the all of his abilities to transform lends himself to a lot of new creative ways to make a new IP and you or put, a, not a new IP but a you new put that in the hands game. of a creative team and I guarantee you they could do some and Kid Chameleon just playing Shantae alone like well Kid Chameleon also had the whole turn into stuff but they turn into characters though and I you turn I just, into a tank that would shoot skulls that would bounce and yeah and turn into just, a samurai there's a lot of like when I think back to like the Sega Classics collection that I was playing. There are so many great games on there that actually deserve another chance. And I feel like a, a team like Way Forward, they might be able to do something with I some of those I can see them others. doing the Streets of Rage. Well, Streets of Rage is already coming out with their fourth I, one. Yeah, I saw that. And I'm, I'm not going to... after. Really? No, I'm not going to... Why? Did 3 leave a bad taste in your mouth? It's not... 3 was fine. 3's not great, man. I, exactly. And I just don't think... That, 2 is gold. Because isn't it Capcom? Yes. Yeah, Capcom... Oh, wait, was it? I, no, I don't. I don't remember off the top of my head who's, or is it Sega? I think it's just Sega. <laughs> no, it was yeah, because I think it was developed by Sega Institute, and then the second one was farmed out. But the difference between the first game and the third game was like the cartridge size. Like even though the cartridge is the same size, it's how much memory was in the cartridge. And I think the first one had like, uh, I think it was like eight bits or whatever of memory in the cartridge. Where like the second one they put in a bigger bit cartridge. So I think they had like sixteen. Or, I mean, if you really want to get into, like, the really licensed license, I wouldn't mind seeing, uh, what's that show you like with the doc- the doctor with the blue hair? Rick and Morty. Oh, Rick and Morty. Imagine them making a Rick and Morty game. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't that be kind of, because I think they made an Adventure Time game. Did they really? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think, didn't they make the dungeon one? It was, like, an over-the-top Zelda. Oh, uh, what was that called? That was, uh, yeah, because I saw that and I was going to pick that up because I think it was, like, a four-player dungeon. Yeah, it's a dungeon crawl, and I, and I did rent it, and I played it on uh, PS3. And it's just one of those games that I think by playing into, like, the Nickelodeon t- licensings or the Cartoon Network licensing, I feel like Rick and Morty could somehow be part of that. Almost like making, like, a new, like, Ren and Stimpy game. But do it a Rick and Morty game, so it has to have like that like crazy silliness to it. And I personally, I haven't watched Rick and Morty. I maybe watched thirty minutes of it. So it's I, super good. And you know, everyone tells me that, but I just haven't had the time to watch it. But to make a game out of a out of a popular title like that, because I know the creators are making a PlayStation VR game, and I think it's recently has released. If that does good, why not lend themselves to like a fun two D game as well? I mean, like. They mostly do 2D. I don't think I've actually ever seen anything really 3D by them. Well, they did VR, so it's technically 4D. What, what do you mean? They they made a Rick and Morty VR game. No, not that. I'm talking about uh, WayForward as a company. I yeah, feel like they stick to no, 2D. Well, no, and that's what I want. I want Rick and Morty as like a Ren and Stimpy type game, where it's like just a really goofy, mature, side-scrolling yeah. adventure game. And where you can like lob each other and throw each other up and I, I just, use weird some gadgets reason, and stuff. I feel like they would fit in another one I just thought of, Samurai Jack. See, the, the, Samurai Jack would be awesome. The problem with the Rick and Morty thing is uh, Justin Roiland, creator, uh, has his own game company, and he's been doing a lot of VR. I don't care. He needs to just admit defeat and let someone else make his cool idea. Why? I don't know. I just want Wade Forward to make it. 
I yeah. think they can do a fun job with it. <laughs> you just you just like WayForward way too much. I think they have the but talent I, to make a good IP into a good game. I they will. have. I mean, we've just talked out of all the games we've talked about. They've clearly had enough experience taking bad stuff and turning it into a good product. That is true, but I mean, like, I'm pretty sure they have a whole bunch of other bad stuff. I mean, oh wow, hold on, I just pulled up uh, pulled up a thing. I had to look at something real quick. Apparently, they did Silent Hill: Book of Memories on the Vita. Yeah, and do you I, have that? No, it's one of the it's one of the few games I haven't gotten around. Is it to 3D? Uh, I don't know. I again, I haven't had a chance to play it. We really like Vita. With me just getting a, they Vita, did a regular show game. Do you know how great regular show is? Have you ever watched that? I, I have seen regular That's show. That's awesome. <laughs> That's so cool. Oh man, there's so much cool stuff. No, Dust just in, just figured out how to use a wiki. Yeah, I did. I'm using the <laughs> internet, people. Get this. Gold star for you today. Yay. <laughs> Maybe you should do the research before the show. <laughs> no, I think that it's better if I just talk about actual experience. I leave statistics and numbers up to you. Oh, gee, thanks. Hey, you know what? You, well, here's the thing. You look up stuff and you're like, yeah, it says this. And I'm like, that's that's not correct. I think we were, because we were talking about uh, Blood Rain prior and you were trying to convince me that there was like a Blood Rain remake or whatever. Yeah. And it was Betrayal you were talking about. It was. It was yeah. I was like, You no. were talking about the 3D and I was talking about the 2D and yes. we just couldn't get on the same line. Uh, clearly. Because you're like, it's a remake. It's on 360. I'm like, did they do an HD remake of this? So tomorrow's also a very special day. Well, Hollow Knight tomorrow. releases on PlayStation 4 tomorrow. You're, you and realize been, you're actually dating this episode then by no, putting a time I don't, on it. I don't care. The, the importance of this is I want you to play Hollow Knight. So it's going to be it's gonna be out by the time this episode goes out. Exactly, which means you need to play it. What is Hollow Knight? Hollow Knight is the game I talked about on the last episode that you clearly forgot about, but it's supposed to be an amazing game, 2D We talked about scrolling, Owlboy. And we talked about both. And you need to play it. So I want to challenge you to play some Hollow Knight before our next episode. I'm not going to do that. I, why not? I'm going to play Spider-Man with you as soon as we on this one because I got to get my hands on there. <sighs> well, everyone, everyone's on my D about that, man. Everyone's like, why didn't you play Spider-Man yet? Spider-Man I mean, I guess so when, someone, when they sell six million copies and you're kind of the lone guy out that wants to complain about Spider-Man because he's too lazy to play I complain about it. I said, let me get my hands on it, but I'm not going to set the expectations high, okay? They're high. Look, who, who, okay, who made real. Spider-Man? Stan Lee. No, who made who made the game, the new Spider-Man game? Who was Sony. Around that? Well, it was Sony, but what was <laughs> Insomniac. The... Insomniac. Okay, so let's see here. Do I trust Insomniac? I do. They make good games, but do they really make games that I enjoy? Now, if you told me that Way Forward made a Spider-Man game, now you're not. See, now you're. That would be talking. dope. That would be dope. It'd be like Brave and the Bold. I'm sure they could. Oh, I, I, I'm could, sure they could really tweak. You off could that. so do a 2D Spider-Man with. Oh man, <laughs> Way Forward just needs way more love. Anyone out there who has not played a Way Forward game, you're gonna look at it and be like, oh man, it's a licensed game. Try to pick up any of the ones that we said. Like, uh, was it Boyness Blob? Batman, Brave and the Bold. Batman, Brave and the Bold. Any Contra Four. Any Shantae game. Any of Shantae Duck game. DuckTales. The DuckTales remaster that they did. We haven't played it, but Mummy Demastered looks I, amazing. I trust Mummy Remastered. Um, but yeah, if, if you guys can th- throw some love at them, get out there and like pick it up. You, you will not be disappointed. It's a solid game. And then the best part is their games are cheap. They're cleanly programmed. I mean, their, their new games are $20 usually on digital. 
You can usually yeah, get think, them for $20 or $30 new on disc. I mean, the DuckTales game when that came out was 20 bucks. Yeah, I think. No, that was 30 I think well, that was, was it 30, 30 when it came out. But, but still, it's reasonably priced. Oh, yeah. And so you're looking, especially anyone looking for a side-scrolling 2D game. I mean, most of the games we mentioned were exactly that. They're, then, they're easily playable. You can pick them up. They don't, they don't take up too much of your time, but they are definitely worth the money that you pay for them. And they don't them. age either. No. I mean, you can go back well, and play them. They age cleanly. They yeah. age very cleanly. So that's like even boy in his blob to this day. I mean, you're still playing I, still it. How playing many years it. later? <laughs> it looks just as good Wait, on my Vita. What is it? it came out in what? Oh, nine. Yeah. Right. You came, said. Yep. It's uh. Do the math. It's almost 10 this. years. Oh, oh, look at that. Oh, I ran numbers. Years. Now yeah. statistics. <laughs> yeah. But no, these games are great. And the, the, the developer deserves everyone to give them a chance because they deserve it because they keep, they keep pushing forward regardless of what IP they're given. So, I gotta give them credit, and I think that's that's a show for us, man. I think that's a show too, man. And if you like this episode, or if there's any other episodes you guys want to hear, please let us know. We're always looking for comments and messages about the content we provide for you guys. We want to hear more. Yeah. And uh, we promise we won't get delayed and busy with our lives. Yeah, I'll try not to adult too hard. <laughs> well, that's the whole point while we play games. <laughs> exactly. Thank you for listening to the Couch Trolls Podcast. If you like this episode, you can find more on Facebook by searching Couch Trolls or on Twitter at Couch underscore Trolls. I'm your announcer, Canada Sanchez, with Brian doing the sound. Thanks for listening.